Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. This is Elder G. Bazaar. This is Watchman on the Wall. Watchman on the Wall. End Time Global Link Ministry. Coming to you from Warren, Ohio. I'm going on down there in Atlanta, Georgia. My colleague won't be with me tonight. He's working, so we're going to go on and get into the Word of God. Let you know that uh, Jesus Christ is all we have. Ain't nobody else that we can depend upon but Jesus Christ, God's Son, God himself, all by himself, self-existent one, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It's a pleasure to be with you tonight. We're going to discuss a big topic that a lot of people can't understand, and that is we're going to find out through the word of God is there a devil? We know, we know there, but I'm going to break it down for you. Is there a devil? Is he, is he alive? Is he, what is he doing? I mean, where did he come from? Who, who made him? And why did, why did, did God make himself? Did he make him wicked? No, he didn't make him wicked. He made him a holy angel. So what we're going to do, we're going to get into the word. First, we're going to have prayer, let you know that this is the time that we should be seeking the Lord because we are definitely living in the last days. This is Watchman on the Wall, End Time Global Link Ministry, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Nothing but the Word of God. Nothing but the Word of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. For without the shedding of blood of Christ's blood on Calvary's cross, there would be no hope for the soul of men. Men, men's souls need to be saved. Men's souls need to be saved. Without salvation, man is losing. Man is a dropout. Man is no good if he's living in sin. He need to come out of sin. Jesus Christ can make you a new creature. For without Christ, no man can do anything for God. You must know Jesus Christ in order to be pleasing to the Almighty. The Almighty God made a way, made an absolute way for man to be redeemed, redeemed back to God once and for all. In other words, there's only one way that a man can be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. When you, be, when you receive Christ, you got him forever. There ain't no such thing as the second salvation, the third salvation, and getting saved over and over and over and over and over again. There ain't no such scripture in the Bible that covers that. The Bible said Jesus Christ died once and for all. So when you come to Christ and you believe on his name and you confess with your mouth, amen, and you believe with your heart that God actually realistically definitely became man, died on Calvary's cross, gave his own self a name, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, paid the penalty for sin. Paid the penalty for sin. Every sin that man did, God paid. And we realize there's some sins that's unforgivable, and that's the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Anybody speak and give give the devil the 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 uh, the the uh, let me get it right now. Blaspheme the Holy Ghost is to speak against the Holy Spirit and give. 
the things that Christ did through the Holy Spirit, the devil said that the Holy Spirit is the chief spirit of Satan. You're blaspheming the Holy Ghost. When you give the miracles of what Christ did through the Holy Spirit, you give the credit to the devil. You're blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You're speaking against the excellency of God. In other words, the very, the very power of God. You're speaking against the Holy Ghost. Whoever blasphemes, there's other blasphemies that's forgivable, but the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is to take something holy and consider it being unclean. And that's what the devil is, how people saying that the Holy Ghost is the chief spirit of Lucifer, of the devil, of the dragon. That's blasphemy. You're speaking against the very holiness of God Almighty. That's the sin that's not forgiven in this world, neither the world to come. So it is in play today. Now, can a, can a saint blaspheme the Holy Ghost? No, no, no. A saint of God cannot blaspheme the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not going to speak against itself. If you have the redemption power of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, a, a saint of God, a born-again believer, a one that has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ cannot blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Neither can they be unsaved. In other words, once you save, you save forever. You're saved forever. You're saved forever. You're saved forever. That's scripture. I'm going to get something for you. Well, first we want to talk about this year great enemy of God's. This greatest enemy that God has is Lucifer. Lucifer. I'm using this first name because that was his given name, and we're going to discuss what does that mean, how long is he going to last, where did he? What was he able to enter into the human race and take control of the human race? What did that happen? How long is going to last? Uh, are we almost there? The time for Satan is almost over. He done had six thousand years, six thousand years of ripping the human race apart. Do you hear what I said? Six thousand years, Satan has been ripping the human race apart. And now it's got it at a point that God is going to step in. Now, you say, well, why didn't God step in a long time ago? Well, it was up to man for God to give him an opportunity to make a choice. And that choice was serve him, praise him, honor him, worship him, obey him, and live. If you disobey him, Adam and Eve now, if you disobey what I told you to do and not to do, and I, God told Adam and Eve not to eat, don't eat the tree or touch the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In other words, you eat this tree, you can distinguish good from evil. But right now, Adam and Eve, when they was created, made out of the dust of the earth, they was created in innocence. Innocence. They were perfectly, directly come from God. There was no flaws in God's creation. He created them in innocence. And he told them what to do and what not to do. 
And he told them, don't touch, don't eat the tree of knowledge, of awareness of good and evil. The day you eat, the day you touch, you shall surely die. And the reason he said, if you touch it, you're going to die. But actually, he was letting them warn, don't bother it at all. If you start touching it, anytime you start touching something, you're headed for a fall. Anytime you start messing with something, you're headed for a fall. And Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And we're going to find out who was deceived and who was not deceived. All right? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you right now. Lord, let your word go out in a mighty way. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We want to let you know, Lord God Almighty, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, one that died on Calvary's cross. That That is the only way that you can redeem man is through your only begotten son, which is you in the flesh, came down, born of a woman, wrapped in swaddling clothes. You died for our sins at the accountable time, and you came back from the grave with all power in heaven and earth, and now men, women, Boys and girls can be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. For there is no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let me use your scripture. Let your Holy Spirit move upon me and let those that's listening, Lord, understand what thus says the Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the watchman on the wall, and I'm still on the wall looking and hoping and expecting the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to get into this here thing called, amen. Where does sin come from? Where does sin come from? How long sin is going to be up on this earth? What's the, what's the, uh, uh, what's the destiny of sin? Amen. Who, who can separate you from sin? Who can cleanse you from sin? Why did God let Adam and Eve sin? Well, God didn't let Adam and Eve sin. Adam and Eve had the choice, and what did it cause? It caused a separation. It caused a devastating separation. In other words, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were separated from God. They were cut off from God. God didn't cut them off. They cut themselves off. And when they cut themselves off, sin was able to take over the human race. So every man, every boy, every girl, every baby, every human being that ever was born was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Born in sin, that means born apart from God. And being born apart from God means that you know there's a God, but you don't know him in a divine relationship through Jesus Christ. Everybody knows there's a God, and, 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 and there ain't no such thing as an atheist. The Bible says the fool says in his heart, let's get that. Oh, my God. Let me get that. Let me read that. In the book of Psalms, 53rd division of Psalms, let's see what the Bible calls an atheist. Let's see what the Bible calls an atheist. 53rd chapter in 
Psalms, in the book of Psalms, it says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. All right? The fool said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that does good. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did see God. So a person that said that there is no God, they are a fool. They said in their heart. They're not atheists. They're a fool. Because anybody that has that's born in the human race knows there's a God. It's already in them. It's already in them. When God made Adam and Eve, that was God breathed into Adam and Eve's nostrils, and they became a living soul. God was in their presence. He was in their spirit. He was in their soul. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they cut themselves off from God. God then cut them off. And by them being cut off from God, no longer they could have fellowship with God because there was no way that they could be connected on only by when God instructed how to be connected back up. And he told that them in the Garden of Eden. So it's not God's fault that man is born in sin. God did not cause Adam and Eve to sin. We're going to find out who caused Adam and Eve to sin and why, all right? So every man born is born in sin, second in iniquity, then my mother conceived me. There's no way that I can escape to get back with God other than Jesus Christ. All right, here we go. The word Lucifer. What does the Bible say? I ain't saying what I think. I'm telling you what the Bible say. What does the Bible say about Lucifer? And what is his job to do while he was named Lucifer? His job, I'm going to tell you what his job was. His job was to protect God's throne and to take the administrative work of a choir director of directing the angels to sing in heaven. And he was a praise director. He would tell the angels to praise God, praise God, give him praise, give him praise, because this is the eternal one. Lucifer knew who created him. He knew that God spoke him into existence. Lucifer now. And the word Lucifer means what? Light barrier. He was one of the brightest angels and cherubims that was able to come into the presence of God while he was in heaven. Heaven is a location. Heaven is what God's throne. Heaven is what God abode. Heaven is a place that existed before earth, before earth existed. Heaven was a place where God whoo, always existed. He always existed. And any time 
You come in the presence of God. You in the presence of his only heavenly life. And his life is rich. His life is joy. His life is peace. Has always been that way. Will always be that way. Nobody can change God. God came from nowhere. And the reason he came from nowhere, because there was nowhere for him to come, because he's everywhere. And since he's everywhere, he he cannot go, he cannot go to another place where he's never been. Uh Uh-oh. He's eternal. He's self-existent. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's immutable. He's omniscient. He has all those characters, and before anything was created, he existed, period. You don't need to ask where God came from. He came from nowhere because he's everywhere. And since he's everywhere, there's nowhere for him to come. And so at one time in eternity, God was all by himself. No angels were created. Nothing before him was created. Everything that's created was created by him and for him. So before anything was, he is. And when things that can't stand can be no more, he will be. So you got to understand that. God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So here we are. We in heaven now. We in heaven. And while we are in heaven, I'm going to try to put you in the mind of where heaven was like. I know I can't do it, but I'm going to try. Heaven was a peaceful place. It was gorgeous. It was extravagant. It was unique. It was out, nobody can, nobody can out-describe heaven. Wherever God is, there is peace, love, joy, nothing but serene of everlasting peace and serene. Beautiful, beautiful. And when God decided to come out of eternity, he spoke the angels into existence. He spoke all the angels into existence. He spoke. He didn't make them out of nothing. He made them out of nothing because he spoke to nothing, and nothing had to give up whatever it had, and he created the angels by speaking them into existence. All right. He spoke them into existence. He spoke cherubim, seraphim. He spoke different classes of angels. And mainly he spoke the number one angel that he spoke into existence, and all the rest of them came into existence at the same time, and that was he spoke Lucifer. Light barrier, come forth. And out of nowhere, Lucifer appeared as a light barrier. And all the angels appeared at the same time. And God told Lucifer face to face, 
I have made you an anointed cherub. We're going to get that scripture to show you that he was made an anointed cherub. And your name shall be called Lucifer, which means light barrier. And by him being a light barrier and one of the most, most, most gorgeous angels that ever existed in eternity and the ions and the eons was Lucifer. He had everything that God spoke into existence in him. He was an administrator to protect God's throne. And he was a music director to direct the, uh, the angels to give all the praises. All the praises. You hear what I said? Now, this is before I was born. This was before you was born. This before you existed. This was before anything existed. The only thing that existed was but God. And when he spoke the angel to an existence, then they came forth. And when they came forth, he gave Lucifer charge over the choir. He gave Lucifer charge over the music. He gave Lucifer charge of the guardian angel to protect God's throne when God leaves his throne. And guess what? Lucifer had that position, the next position next to God. He had that position. And at the same time, Lucifer, beautiful. Oh, wait till I get through and describing you the beauty of this year angel, this year cherubim. Let's see where this all got started and what happened in heaven. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, 14 chapters. Now, this is Bible. This is not no theology. This is what the Bible says. What the Bible says is right because it was written by holy men, and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is God Almighty. The Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is all three in one, co-equal, same, 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 co-equal, same, on the same level. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three are one together, not separated. He's one God. And by that one God, that one God had the capability to what? To become man. And when he became man, he was born of a virgin Mary, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the Lord told Gabriel to tell Mary, call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sin. So he was telling us long time ago that God in his holy scripture was saying, I'm going to make a plan to redeem man. We'll get to that later. So 14 chapter 12 verse. Let's see what happened in the 14th chapter of Isaiah. Let's see what happened. And this this is word for word. This is no play. This is real. The 14th chapter of Isaiah, we read these words right now. 14 and 12. You can mark this down. This is scripture. This is not no Mickey Mouse saying. This is real. This is what it says. 12th verse says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did it weaken the nation? What do you mean cut down to the ground? You mean he was degraded? He was debased? He was, he was, he was, his rank 
was torn apart, God deranked him, God cast him what? God caused him to lose his position? No, God didn't cause it. Lucifer caused it. And by him causing it, what did Lucifer do for him to be degraded and cast out of heaven? Listen what he said in the what? In the 13th verse. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is the epitome. This is a lot of nerve. This is a rebellion. This is a rebellion by Lucifer, and he rebelled because he thought that his beauty was above God's holiness. And by his by him thinking that he was beautiful, so beautiful that he thought in his heart that he by his beauty had the right to try to dethrone God Almighty, the one that created him out of nothing and brought him forth and put him in the position to protect his throne, be the choir director, and be the music musician of all time. He was dethroned because he thought that he could overtake God by his beauty. Do you understand what I'm saying? This happened in heaven. The first troublemaker, the first rebel ever known to the, to, to the celestial world, to the, the angelic world, was when Lucifer rebelled against God and wanted to take God's place and wanted to sit on God's throne and wanted to dethrone God and put him below him. Satan wanted to be above God. How can you be above God when God is the one that was here before you and you was created by him by speaking you into existence? Think about it now. Think about it. That's a, that's a bad, that's a bold statement. That's a bold statement when you think you better than God, Lucifer. You better give it a second thought, Lucifer. But what Lucifer was deceived by, he was deceived by his beauty. And later on, we're going to show you how beautiful he was in the book of Ezekiel. But here, listen to what it says. Isaiah said, this is what he said in the 13th verse. He said, for I, for thou hast said in thine heart, thy desire, I will ascend into the heavens. I'm going to go up, I'm going to go up in heaven and what? Dethrone God. I will exalt my throne above his throne. In other words, I'm going to set my throne above God's throne. And above the stars of God. In other words, the angels of God. I'm going to be above the angels of God. I will sit up on the mountain of the congregation in the size of the north. I'm going to be in the northern part of eternity and sit on my throne and dethrone God. I'm going to cuss him out. I'm going to... I'm going to rule him out. I'm going to do everything I possibly This is Lucifer. I'm going to dethrone this dude. 
This dude, maybe, I know he maybe, but I'm beautiful than he is. I'm gorgeous. Look at me. I got all this, all these diamonds and gold and everything on me, and I can sing. I can play music. I got all these talents. I got all that God gave me, and God gave him the necessities and everything in heaven for him to operate under God's authority, and Satan said, I'm not going to stay under God's authority. I'm going to rebel. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. In other words, Satan has always, from the beginning, wanted to be like God after he found out that he thought that his beauty was more powerful than God's holiness. And nothing is more powerful than God's holiness because God's been holy eternity. He's eternity. He ain't never been unholy. He is righteous. He is love. He is mercy. He ain't lost nothing, and he ain't gained nothing. He's got everything in place, and nobody can take it away. Nobody can dethrone God. And Lucifer, at that point, thought he could. But look what happened in, in the 15th verse. Yet thou has thou shalt be brought down to hell. Uh-oh. Satan will be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. In other words, instead of him taking over heaven and ruling heaven, this is what the scripture said. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the north. So Isaiah through the Holy Scriptures, through God's inspiration, is telling that Satan will be brought down to hell. H-E-L-L. Listen to what it says. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdom? Look here. Don't you know that when Satan fell, God had already created the heaven and earth? And when Satan got down here, he he tried to annihilate it because when he fell down, the Bible tells me in the first chapter of Genesis. Let let me let me get that for you because I do want to explain this to you. In the book of Genesis, this is what this is what Satan failed. Amen. Because in the beginning, it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heaven in the beginning, right there. The heaven and earth came into existence by God speaking it. And then he says, and the earth was without form. No, God didn't make the earth without form. God created heaven and earth in the beginning. He said, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. These two verses tells you that where Lucifer failed, that was cast out of heaven. He hit the earth. And when he hit the earth, guess how much he took with him? He took one-third of the angelic angels, and they became wicked, and they became vile. They become vile. They become so wicked that God cast every last one of those one-third of angels and Lucifer to the earth, and Lucifer disformed the earth. And that's why the, the Bible says in the second chapter, the earth was out form and uh, void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. In other words, 
God had to recreate the earth. And he did that in six days. When he recreated the earth, he renewed it and recreated it because Lucifer was so mad. He blasphemed God out of heaven. He blasphemed until God said, you got to go. And God cast him down, and one-third of the angels fell from heaven, and they disformed and made the world void. And God recreated the heavens and the earth in six days. And when he did it in six days, and on on the sixth day, guess what he did after he recreated it? He created, and guess what? He put man on the earth. He created, made man out of dust of the earth. After he had did all that, he put them in the Garden of Eden. Satan had already fell on them. He's already fallen. He's, he's, he's on earth now. Satan is now on earth. And he put a Garden of Eden. He put the Garden of Eden in there. And then when he put the Garden of Eden in, he put Adam and Eve in there, put them in the garden, and he gave them all the opportunity to make their choice, make their free will choice. Out of all the trees in the garden you can eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the day you eat thereof, you are going to die. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. And a spiritual death you're living, when you, you're separated from God, you, you, you're living in a, a similar layer to a place of hell. Without God in your life, hell is in your life. I don't care if you don't smoke, don't drink, that, but hell is in your life when you're apart from God. You're on your own. You're by yourself. You don't have nobody to sustain you. You don't have nobody to keep you. You don't have nobody to direct you and guide you and lead you. You don't have nobody uh, 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 to what? Help you when you need help. Not only help when you need but you ain't got nobody to call on. You ain't got nobody to relate to. Especially if you're not relating to God, you can't relate to nobody else hardly. But when you relate to God, you got something that the world cannot give you, and that is love. So Satan. Now, after heaven and earth was created, Satan knew where the Garden of Eden was. He knew where Adam and Eve was. He knew that he had to do something to what? Get what? Humanity to turn on God. Because he's already mad at God. He's already upset. He's mad as hell. He is so mad that he said, I am going to destroy the souls of men. I am going to destroy the earth, the souls of men. I'm going to destroy the whole creation. Just give me an opportunity, and I'm going to do it. And God had had to let Satan take his course. He could not stop and interrupt what Satan had already planned. But see, God had a plan before Satan was ever created. 
And God knew that if he created man, he would have to give him a choice to choose, and he gave him a choice. But the man and woman made the wrong choices. And when they made the wrong choices, it caused the human race to what? Become corrupt. And the whole human race became corrupt. But out of the human race, God said, I have some people that's going to serve me, worship me. They're going to love me. They're going to obey me. They're going to be holy. They're going to be righteous. But I'm going to have to what? I'm going to have to do something that nobody else could ever do. And that is, I'm going to have to die for the sins of the world. Lucifer said, die if you want to. I'm still going to destroy the human race. And now, 2023, we're living in a generation now where Satan is still making that plot. I'm going to destroy the human race. He thinks he's won, but he's lost a long time ago. The only one that's going to lose is those that reject Jesus Christ. You reject Jesus Christ, you're a loser. If you reject his love, you're a loser. If you reject his blood, you're a loser. If you reject his mercy and his goodness and, 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 and all that he has done for you, you're a loser. You cannot win without Jesus Christ. Oh, you may be productive. You may have an education. You may have money. You may have friends. But you cannot make it to heaven without making a commitment of repenting and turning to Jesus Christ. And this is what Satan said. Don't do it. Don't repent. You don't have to repent. And he's telling the world today, God's going to let you in heaven. No, he's not. God is not going to let no sinner in heaven because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All men are born sinners. Ooh, look her here. All men are born sinners, separated from God. And Lucifer says, I was able to accomplish that in the Garden of Eden. And he's saying today, I'm still going to try to eliminate the human race. You know what I said? He's trying to eliminate the human race. But everybody ain't going to heaven, and everybody ain't going to hell. But I can tell you right now, majority of people will go to hell. Majority of people or will go to hell. They're going to hell, not because God's going to put you there, but because you refuse of the what? Ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is what Satan says now. If I can get enough religions in the world today and, and, and let people make their own decision on what religion they want to take. But let me tell you, all religions will drive you to hell because there's only one religion. Woo! What you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about there's one way, there's one religion. You say, well, show me that religion. I want you to go to the book of St. James. Woo, let's get this out. Let's get this right. Let's get this right. Let's get this right. Let's see what the Bible says about religion. If any man among you seem to be religious, if any man among you seem to be religious, one more time, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceiving his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Vain means worthless. 
worthless religion. And people today are living under worthless religion. Here's what real religion is. Pure religion. Let's say it again. Pure religion. Let's say it again. Pure religion and undefiled. Undefiled before God and the Father is this. Pure religion. To visit the fatherless and the widows and their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Uh Uh-oh. That's pure religion. And the only way that you really can receive true religion is a relationship first. Because false religion is different from a relationship with Jesus Christ. True religion can only come by Jesus Christ. It just said it, 27 verse. Pure religion and undefiled, spotless, before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. In other words, you're of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You do not partake in things that conflict with your Christian experience with Jesus Christ. That's pure religion, unspotted. Don't spot yourself with the world. A lot of people, religion is hypocritical. Religion is vain. Religion is self-righteous. Religious will drive folks to hell because, number one, you can be all this and all that. You can have all the necessities of life. You can have good health. You can have a good education. You can have all this. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something real good. It says here, without Jesus Christ in your life, you're still in your sins. You're still a sinner. You're still trying to play Christianity, but you're living a hypocritical life. The only way that you can have pure religion is through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that is to visit the fathers and widows and their afflictions and to keep himself unspotted from the world. In other words, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Oh, my God, my God, you're seeking to do God's will. You you love God. You love God more than anything, pure religion. And the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The Bible says, the blood of Jesus Christ sanctify your soul and set you free and make you free. Now you're no longer a slave to sin, but you become a servant of the living, true God through the blood of Jesus Christ. For without the Jesus Christ in your life, in your life, you are a candidate for hell because the devil got what? Over 6,000 different kinds of religions in the world today. And guess what? They're all on their way to hell. Rebellion. Satan say, I'm still rebellion. So what is Satan? Before he became Satan, his name, Lucifer. Found in the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. Lucifer is your enemy. 
And after he become the fallen one, his name changed. His name changed to the dragon. 12th chapter of Revelation. 12th chapter of Revelation. Let's see what he is in Revelation. 12th chapter, 7th verse. And there was a war in heaven. Now, there is going to be another war in heaven before Christ comes back. I hope you can understand this. There's going to be another war in heaven before Christ comes back. And that war will be taking place in the seven-year tribulation. All right? So the first war was known in heaven when Lucifer was directly in heaven. And God cast him out of heaven. That's the first casting. So he was cast out to the earth. First chapter of Genesis says that he was cast to the earth because the earth was out form. So Satan is all the danger. Deformed the heaven. He deformed the earth, and God had to recreate it. In six days, he recreated the heaven and earth, and he put Adam and Eve in the garden. When he put Adam and Eve in the garden, Satan came in the garden and caused Adam and Eve to fall. He came to the woman first because she is the weaker vessel. By her being the weaker vessel, he came to Eve and said, Have God said, as God said, If you eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Well, God is lying. I'm going to tell you just like he said, God is lying. For God knows the day you eat thereof you become as God's knowing good and evil. So he's trying to hold something back from you. Deception. Deception. He's lying. He's lying. Deception. God ain't trying to hold nothing back. God ain't trying to hold nothing back from you. Only thing he's, he's, he's keeping behind the curtain is things that you don't need to know now. And Eve, and Eve was deceived. Eve was deceived. She was tricked. She was bamboozled. And she made it, Satan made it look to Eve like God is really cheating on you. God is holding something back from you. Girl, you better go in and eat that fruit. Because if you eat that fruit, girl, you will be wise. And you, 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 you'll know some things that God don't want you to know. And guess what? She fooled around with that tree. She fooled around with that tree. And when she got a hold of that fruit, the devil said, I get that woman deceived, I can get that man. Because that's exactly what he did. He went to the woman, deceived the woman. The woman told Adam, honey, this is all right. Come on, go along with me. You know we're together. We got to, you got to agree with me. And Adam, just to please her, just to please her, just to please her. Because sin could not enter into the world unless it entered in through the man. Sin did not enter into the world through the woman because she wasn't the head. The man was the head. And Satan didn't come directly to Adam. He came directly to Eve and deceived Eve. And Eve got to Adam. And Adam said, I know what's going on. 
I know if I eat this fruit, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be cut off from God, but my wife is here, and that's the only thing I got. And I, 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 I want to please her, but I know that if I please her, I'm going to fall into something that I ain't going to be able to get out the rest of my life. I know if I, if, if I disobey God, I'm going to be cut off from God. But my wife is here. And what Adam did, Adam ate the fruit. And when they ate that fruit, both of their eyes were open. And when they were open, they knew that they were naked. And when they knew that they were naked, they tried to hide from God. They tried to cover the nakedness from God. And God came through the garden one day and said, call to Adam. And he said, Adam, where art thou? He said, Lord, I'm naked. He didn't tell him where he was. He said, I'm naked. He said, who told you you were naked? He said, the woman that you gave me caused me to eat the food of not the good and evil, and I did eat. When I ate it, my eyes were open, and I found out that I was naked. That's when man failed. That's when Satan said that the wicked angels in hell clapped their hands. The, the heaven, the angels in the heaven had to prune their wings and bow their heads and say, oh, man done sin. Man done disobeyed God. Man is cut off from God. God cannot work through man when he is sinned against him. And guess what? Man was cut off from the almighty God. And when Lucifer did that in the book of Revelation, this is what he became. He became 12 and 7, Revelation 12 and 6. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And listen here. There is another casting coming. There's another casting coming. This was the first casting. The first casting is when all the wicked angels, all the angels that rebel against God, Lucifer, uh, uh, was cast out. He was, the lead, he was the leader of the pack. And when he was leader of the pack, I believe somebody gave him a name. They said, here come the hell angels. Here come the angels now. They'll be coming from hell. Woo! But before he was able to come from hell, he was in heaven, and by his rebellion, he became a rebellious angel, a cherubim, and God said he cast him into the pit. And now he's called the hell's angels. And now he's called the what? The dragon. The dragon breathing fire. Why? Because a dragon is a vicious animal. A, a dragon is an animal that's found in mysticism. And this man, this dragon became a flesh-eating fallen angel, fallen angel. He became a flesh-eater. 
He eats up the human race. He's eating up the human race right now. He's eating up people like mad with what? He's eating them with sin. Sin is embroiled in man. Sin shaped in iniquity. Sin, sinning, sinning, sinning against God. And guess what? Sin will eat you up. Sin will make you mean, cruel. Sin will make you so mean that you can't get along. Sin will cause men to rebel against the almighty God. And since then, Satan is rebelling now. He'll rebel until the end, but the end is almost here. This is what it said. He was cast out, and now Satan is in first and second heaven. First and second heaven is in the atmosphere. And since Satan is in the second heaven, he is the what? He's the prince power of the air. His kingdom is in first and second heaven. Where do you think these UFOs come from? Uh-oh. Where do you think these UFOs come from? They come from first and second heaven. That's where Satan rules. They're where these here, these here, uh, 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 little green men, shape shifting the demonic demons and the devils and the dragons, they rule first and second heaven. They are not in third heaven because third heaven is where God's throne. And what God cast to do, he cast them to the first and second heaven. Wait a minute. Listen to what Ephesians says. If you don't believe that he's what? In first and second heaven? Let's see what the book of Ephesians says that Lucifer is, the devil, the, rag, the, the, the dragon. Let's see. Amen. In the book of Ephesians, sixth chapter, sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, reads these words. Six and twelve. This is what this is what Ephesians tells us to do. Six and twelve says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness." of this world, against spiritual wickedness in what? High places. And high places is in what? First and second heaven. That's where these demons are lodging. This is where they uh, 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 get their uh, information from. Lucifer is the prince power of the spirit world. He's the head macho. Listen, this is what the Bible tells us to do. Now listen, I'll read this again. It tells us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It, this is what it tells the Christian to do, the born-again believer, the one that's on the battlefield. He said, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in evil days. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your lines girded with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod in the preparation of the gospel, and all, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the devil, and what? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always in prayer, supplication in the spirit, and 
the watch thereof to all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is what the saints are fighting against. The prince power of the air. That's what you're fighting against. You're fighting against the prince power of the air. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. This is the work of Satan. Satan is a dragon. He's a dragon, and he's got what? He's got one-third of the angelic being faulted. And where is he lodging? He's lodging in first and second heaven. Where is he lodging? He's lodging above your head. He's lodging in the zodiac. He's a lodging in the cosmos. He's a lodging in the quasar. He's got his kingdom above your head. And guess what? He's coming down. He's coming down after a while. Why do you think we're having so much crime and killing and murder and rapes? Why? Because Satan is getting closer to the earth. He's getting closer to the earth. Why is he getting closer to the earth? Because he's coming down. And guess what? He's going to be manifested in the flesh, in the Antichrist. The Antichrist is he on earth. Woo! Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Satan is getting closer to the earth. He's getting ready to be cast out of what? First and second heaven. Where is he going to go? He's going to go into the Antichrist. He's going to be incarnated in the Antichrist. Everybody worried about who's going to be the next president of the United States? Who's going to be voting for eight men? No, no. This is the last, this is the last, this is the last calling because the next one come on the scene is going to be the Antichrist and he's going to be the king of the world. He's going to be over America. He's going to be over the kingdoms of the world. He's going to be over Russia. He's going to be over all the nations of the world because this is going to be Satan. Satan will be incarnated. And when he comes on the earth at the beginning of the tribulation period, what is he going to do? He's going to say that he is Jesus Christ. Why? Because in the book what, of Isaiah, he said, I want to be like God. I want to talk like God. I want to do the miracles of God. But yet still the book of Revelation calls him a dragon. Jesus Christ is not called a dragon. Jesus Christ is called the royal line out of the tribe of Judah and the root and offspring of David. Jesus Christ is called the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ is called the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley. He's called the Prince of Peace. He's called the Almighty God. And here Satan said, I want to be like that. I want to have our own name. So he's going to come as Jesus Christ. The Antichrist is he on earth, my friends. Let me tell you all something. The Antichrist is on the earth now. And guess what? As soon as this tribulation period starts, and there's going to be a tribulation period, and the tribulation period cannot start until what? Until what? Until what? The rapture. The rapture of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This Jesus Christ that's coming on earth is not the true Christ. It will be the Antichrist. Before Christ comes to the earth, the Antichrist has to arrive yet because when the Antichrist comes, he's going to be the Christ of the false system during the tribulation period. And the world, the world, the Jews will accept him as being Jesus Christ when he will not be Jesus Christ because the devil knows if he comes in any other name, the world will not accept him. He's going to try to come in the name of 
Jesus Christ and call himself Christ, but it will not work. And the Jews will accept him, and the Gentiles will see that the Jews accept him. The Gentile nation will consider him as being the Christ of heaven. But he's not the Christ of heaven. He's a false Christ of hell. He will come out of hell. He will come from first and second heaven because in the middle of the tribulation period, there's going to be a great resurrection by Lucifer. Lucifer is going to do what? Oh, look here. Look here. Here we go. I got to go back to Isaiah because there ain't nothing but a copycat. Satan is nothing but a copycat because in the book of Isaiah, which you already read, he says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. He wants to be Yahweh. I would be like the Most High. He wants to be the God of heaven. Let's back up a little bit. He said, in thine heart, I will ascend into the heaven. So he wants to sit on the throne. I want to exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation of the stars of the north. And he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I would be like, all right. During the tribulation period, he will claim the deity of Jesus Christ. He will claim it. But it's not him. It's deception. It's deception. The world, the whole world, has been deceived. Every human being on this planet has been deceived some way or the other. I've been deceived. You've been deceived. Your mama's been deceived. By what? Lucifer. Preachers are being deceived. Preachers are deceiving people. Church folks are being deceived. Why? Because Satan is the greatest deceiver that ever was created. Why? Because he's wicked. And he knows if I can deceive you and keep you in your deception, I got your soul. I got your soul. And that's what he's doing to the world. He's doing to the world with these false religions. These false religions that the world is claiming to be the way to God is deception. And every human being on this planet will have an opportunity to make a choice. And that choice will be made during the tribulation period when the mark of the beast comes. When the mark of the beast comes, they will be saying this. Whoever received the mark of the beast will represent Worshippers of Lucifer, worshippers of Satan, worshippers of the dragon, anybody that rejects the mark of the beast and put their faith in Jesus Christ during the tribulation period will receive eternal life. And the world will be saying, I don't know about that. If I, if I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I can lose my life. Exactly. You can lose your life during the tribulation period if you accept Jesus Christ. If you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and rose again, and that he's coming back to get a church without a spot or wrinkle, if you believe that his shed blood and only his shed blood on Calvary's cross can get you to heaven and you believe it, with your heart and confess with your mouth. Well, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. And when you make that commitment during the tribulation period, guess what? You are going to be headed for the guillotine because the guillotine is coming back 
boom, on the scene. There's going to be a great slaughter of Christians and Jews during the tribulation period because the devil said, if you don't worship me, I'm going to kill you. If you don't honor me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to what? I'm going to take the guillotine and cut your head off. I'm going to be the Christ of this world, and I'm going to show you I demand worship. And the world will say, I will worship Lucifer. I will bow down to him. I will receive the mark of the beast. I want to buy. I want to sell. I want to keep my house. I want to keep my insurance. I want to keep everything I got. So I'm going to believe that this false Christ is Jesus Christ, and I'm going to bow down. I'm going to receive the computer chip on my forehead or on my right hand so that I can buy and sell. And the Bible says, whoever received the mark of the beast, if you receive that mark in your forehead or in your right hand between your forefinger and your thumb, you receive that mark, your soul. Your soul, your S-O-U-L, will be damned forever in the lake of fire because you are a materialistic and you believe in having stuff is going to deliver your soul. You believe that you receive this mark. I can still keep my house. I can still keep my insurance. But, yes, you probably still can keep it. But let me tell you, you will sell your soul to Lucifer. And once you sell your soul by receiving the mark of the beast and the computer chip, your soul will burn in hell forever. Why? Because you have been deceived by Lucifer, and Lucifer said that I am Jesus Christ, and I want you to worship me, and that's what Satan wants. He wants worship. That's what he wanted in heaven. He wanted the angels to worship him instead of God. He wanted God to be the throne. He wanted God to take his throne and take his suitcase and take a long trip and let me rule the universe. But Satan cannot rule nothing. Only thing he can do is kill, rob, and destroy. And that's what he's doing to families today. That's what he's doing to the young people today. That's what he's doing to church folks today. That's what he's doing to hypocrites today. That's what he's doing to sinners today. He's doing and destroying their souls. And guess what? He said, I don't want you to go to heaven. I want you to go to hell with me. That's what Satan is saying. If you go to hell with me, I'll make sure that you will burn. I'll, I'll make sure that you get punished because I'm going to get punished. And guess what? You better believe it. Satan is going to get punished forever, and he wants everybody with him. Are you going to heaven? Are you ready to go to heaven? Are you ready? Are you ready to refuse the mark of the beast? So we got, we got the dragon, and then Matthew. Ooh, let's, let's see what else. Let's see what else he is. Oh, my God, my God. Listen, he said in the 20th chapter of Revelation, 20th chapter of Revelation 20 and 10, 20 and 10 says this, and the devil that deceiveth them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You read that again. 
and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever. Now, this casting in will be done at the end of the seven-year tribulation. And the seven-year tribulation, the church will be in heaven before Christ comes back. He's going to rapture the church. When he raptures the church, the church is going to be caught up in the middle of the air, and we are going before the great judgment seat of Bema, the Bema seat. The Bema seat judgment is the judgment where the church will be judged. I'll say that again. The Bema seat of Jesus Christ is where the church will be raptured up, and there we, we will be judged for our works, not for our salvation. Our salvation has already been acquired by the cross. When you accept Jesus Christ, you receive Christ, you get your sins washed away. You get your sins forgiven. You get your sins clear. You are clear as a bail. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ washes you and makes you clean. So now when the rapture occurs, you will be caught up by the changing of your body from a mortal body to immortality, and we will meet the Lord at the judgment seat. That's where the church, the church, not my church, not your church, not the church down the street. We're talking about a universal church where every born-again believer that have made a commitment and repented of their sins and came to Christ when the trumpets blow, the dead in Christ shall rise. We that remain alive shall be caught to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the church. That's the church that Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood. That's the church that Jesus said to Peter, up on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's the church that's going to be at the judgment seat of Bema. For seven years, we're going to be missing from earth. Seven years of joy. Seven years of love. Seven years from here eternity. Seven years of nothing but pure holiness. Holiness. Righteous. Sanctification. Justification. Edification. Holiness will be in the presence of God when the church is raptured up. Nothing but holiness. Holiness or hell. Where do you want to go? You want to go to heaven? You've got to be sanctified, set apart from sin, cleansed up, made brand new, a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, everything is new. A place where you can say howdy, 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 and never goodbye. A place where you can meet your loved one. A place where you can see the nail prints in Jesus' hand. A, ooh, a place where you can hold the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and praise him forevermore. A place where we will be given our rewards. Rewards for our works. At the end of the tribulation period, when Christ comes back with the church to earth, it's coming back to earth. 
He's coming back to earth with the church because the church has already been judged. The church has received their reward. The church is married to Christ. The church is getting ready to go on a honeymoon. What is the honeymoon? The honeymoon is the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. We're going to spend on this earth 1,000 years of blessings. 1,000 years of nothing but joy, 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 joy. Nothing but praise, nothing but love, nothing but peace, nothing but long suffering, nothing but nothing but nothing but the grace of God will be spread abroad to every soul that comes back with Jesus Christ and those that's already on earth. We will have a honeymoon. You talking about a honeymoon? Woo! Christ will rule the world from Jerusalem. That's why Jerusalem will not be destroyed, not by the Russians, not by the Palestinians. That's why God gave Israel the land from the Euphrates River all the way over to the river of Egypt. He gave them a place in which the Israelites and the Jews will be what? They will be the head of all the nations, and they will lead the Gentiles and let them know we are the ones that's going to be teachers. We are the ones that's going to show you what God has done for us. We are going to show you and prove to you that we are God's chosen people. We are going to prove to the whole creation and to the devil and all his angels, you cannot destroy the Jewish nation, and that's what the world is trying to do now. That's why you got war over there in Jerusalem now, because the devil knows, the devil knows, the devil knows, the devil knows that that's what Christ is going to rule and reign, and that's what the devil wants to rule and reign. But he can't rule and reign because he's not given in the position. The only thing he's going to be able to do is what? At the end of that, let me go back. Let me, at the end of that tribulation period, the false prophet, this is what it says, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and the false prophets are. This will be done at the end of the millennium reign. The false prophet was, and, and, and the false prophet and, and the beast was cast in to it at the end of the tribulation period. But the devil was put in the bottomless pit and locked up for a thousand years. So he cannot rule no more. After the thousand years are up, Satan will be let loose one more time because there were people born during the millennium reign in their natural bodies. And since they were born in their natural bodies and they were born in sin and shape and iniquity, when Satan is loose, he's going to instigate to those that have, did not receive Christ during the millennium reign, and they will have one more battle, and that battle is called God and Magog. And that point, all those that rejected Christ during the millennium reign will be cast into the lake of fire, and the devil and the great white throne shall appear. And the great white throne will be judgment for all the wicked dead, all the wicked dead, all the wicked dead from all the way from the beginning of creation until the end 
of the millennial reign. And the millennial reign will be the conclusion of you can consider as the end of the world. That will be the end of the world. And the end of the world means it would be the end of sin. Oh, hallelujah. It would be the end of death. It would be the end of everything that's going on now that's godless. There won't be nothing but righteousness will dwell in heaven and dwell on earth and dwell forever, forever, and forever, and forever, and forever, and forever, and forever. No more sin. Sin will be done away at the great white throne. The great white throne is for all the wicked dead of all animals of time will be judged out of the books at that time. And guess what? It will be horrific. It will be, ooh, it will be, it will be an astronomical number of people standing at the great white throne. Woo! From ancient time, medieval time, and modern time. All the crooks, all the liars, all the hypocrites, all the sinners, all the winos, all the drug addicts, all the prostitutes, all the homosexuals, all the lesbianism, all the rich and the poor, all the captains and priests, all, I said all, brother, all the wicked. The wicked will stand before the great white throne, and books will be opened, and those books will be saying what they've done their lifetime. And what they didn't do their lifetime. And what did they did? What did they didn't do? They did not. Listen to what I'm saying. They did not accept Christ as their Savior. Good people can go to hell if you consider it good. But whether you're good or not, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're a sinful person. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're a sinful person. So good people can go to hell. People who have never been in trouble, never been in jail, never had no trouble, just live, just live, can go to hell. Not because they've done something wrong, but because they never made a commitment of repentance from their low down dirty, rotten, carnal sins that they have done their lifetime. They thought they could work their way to heaven, but they actually worked their way to hell. Because working yourself to heaven is impossible. You cannot work your way to heaven. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you the Prince of Wales. I don't care if you the Bishop of Timbuktu. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you have been born again. You got that? If you ever been born again and go to church, you still go to hell. Guaranteed. Because going to church does not save nobody. Only the cross, only the cross 
only the cross of Christ, the Savior of the world, God in the flesh, manifested in the flesh, seen by angels, justified by the Spirit, received up into glory, coming back again to get a church without a spot, without a wrinkle, without anything that's defiled. So if you call yourself having religion, you better have Jesus Christ first before you think about religion. Because without Jesus Christ, your religion is vain. It's worthless. It ain't going to do nothing. It won't even lift you one inch off the ground when it comes for the rapture. The only thing that's going to lift you off the ground is the blood of Jesus. Oh, that blood, that blood, that blood, that blood, that blood of Christ, more powerful than any other liquid, any other liquid on the face of the earth, because it was the blood of God. That was God's blood. And he had to become human in order to have a blood system. The devil can't have no blood system. And you got a blood system. And that blood system, God gave it to Adam and Eve. And so that blood system has to match up with the blood of Christ because the soul is in the blood. And since the soul is in the blood, Jesus Christ shed his blood, opened up that fountain, and that fountain what? Who released the power of the Holy Spirit through that blood on Calvary's cross, and then came back from the grave with all power in heaven and earth. And now, oh, good God Almighty, and now God is able to live in your soul through his son, Jesus Christ, and he shed blood. So why don't you repent? Why don't you let that sin go? Because the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. Satan says, look, I have deceived the whole world. And I got the world believing that they can go to heaven any kind of way. I got the world believing they can go to heaven any kind of way. I can be a drunk, a liar, cheap, backbiter, whore, mama, and still, that's what the world is saying. But God said, uh-uh, not this day. Not this day. You cannot even see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. You can't even get to the gates. Because when you die, if you die your sins, ain't no right, ain't no holy angels going to come and pick you up. It's going to be an angel of death going to pick you up and take you right straight to hell. If you don't believe me, ask the rich man and Lazarus. Ask him. Ask Lazarus. He was caught up in the bosom of Abraham. When he died, the angel came and took him to the bosom of Abraham, and that was in the paradise. That was in the heart of the earth and took old Lazarus to paradise, and he had to wait there until what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ removed him from paradise and moved paradise in the presence of God. But when the rich man died, he said he lifted up his eyes in hell. I don't see no angel coming after him. And if an angel came out, there was a death angel and took him to hell. And he was in hell looking up, saying, oh, Abraham, tell Lazarus to come down here and stop by the water fountain. Please stop by the water fountain. Take a little bit of water on the tip of his finger and foot. touch my tongue. But his flame is tormenting me. 
You ain't going to hell because you have sinned. You're going to hell because you rejected Jesus Christ. You do, you're going to hell because you walked in unbelief all your life and died in your unbelief. You died in your unbelief and not accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you said, I can work my way. But that's a lying wonder. So the devil's what? He's a light barrier. He's a dragon. He's a deceiver. And in the book of Revelation, it's considered of being Apollyon, the destroyer. Now, this is this is not the devil. This is the devil's angels. Apollyon means destroyer. And it's found in the ninth chapter of the eleventh verse of Revelation. Destroy. The devil can't do nothing, and all his demons can't do nothing but three things. Destroy. Kill and rob. Where did that come from? Who do you see? That's in our world today. People being killed by Lucifer, the devil, Apollyon, Abaddon. They're being killed. People are being robbed. And people are being destroyed. Literally. Prostitutes are being destroyed. Drug addicts being destroyed. Liars, backbiters, whoremongers been destroyed by Satan and destroyed without the blood of Jesus Christ. They're going to die and go to hell. The blood of Jesus Christ cannot exist in hell. And if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit, there is no way you can go to hell because Jesus Christ died for your sins. Suffered for your sin. Went to the grave for your sin. Stayed in there three days and three nights for your sin. Got up on the third day for your sin. And if you accept him, you are secure in Jesus Christ forever. Don't let nobody fool you. You can't take my salvation, devil. You can't take my salvation, world. You can't take nothing from me because you didn't give it to me, Satan, and the devil can't take it away. Blessed be the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Where do you want to go? You want to go with the devil? Oh, yes, he's got a whole lot of goodies for you. He's got a whole lot of stuff for you. he got parties and drinking and lying and cheating and backbiting. Oh, he got games and everything, yeah, but that only lasts for a season. What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What in hell is it that you want? What do you want? Do you want heat? Do you want gnawing of teeth? Do you want hollering and screaming? Do you want agony and pain forever? Excedrins and medicines and can't, can't quite. Do you want to pay? Look, do you want to pay for your own sins? Do you want to pay for them? Not because what I'll pay for them. Shoot, yeah. Give me that woman. Man, I want... I want some sex, man. I want to. I want to get drunk. I want to get. Out. Man, give it. Shoot. I'll pay for my sins later on. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you die and go to hell, you're going to regret the day you was born. You're going to regret that you didn't accept Jesus Christ. You're going to regret that you was ever thought of. You're going to regret that you could not. You could have had eternal life, but you let sin and the devil coach you in to rejecting the atonement for your sin because you think, 
in with fun. Sin feels good. Sin looks good. Sin tastes good. Sin, I just love sin, man. Give me that sin. I'll, I'll go to hell for sin. Yes, you will go. You will go to hell for sin. You will go to hell if you die in your sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus, God Almighty, don't have no other son but one. He himself is the only son. He's going to die. He ain't going to die no more, and he ain't going to take no reversal. He's not going to reverse time to give you another chance. He don't give you millions and thousands and thousands of hours and days and years of opportunity to come to the foot of the cross and plead the blood of Jesus Christ for your raunchy sins, for my raunchy sin. He died for my sin, and I thank God Almighty. He died for my sin, and guess what? The devil can't get me. Nobody can take it, and nobody can give it to me but the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why do you want to mess around? With this low-down, cutthroat devil, he ain't nothing but a what? He ain't nothing but a light bearer, deception. He's an old dragon. He's a deceiver, and he's a polyon, and he is the one that's getting ready to take over the world. Satan is getting ready to take over the world. I mean, in full scale. He already got majority of the world now. He got majority of the world under his control. And God said, whosoever will, let him come. Come on. And the world is saying, this is what the world is saying, I want to come, but I can't come now. I got a few more things to take care of. Well, if you want to think that away, guess what? Tomorrow is not promised to you. Tomorrow is not promised to you. You could die right now. You could die tomorrow. You can die three months from now. You don't know that. But if you die without Christ, if you die without accepting him by faith, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. I know you wasn't there when Christ died. I know you wasn't there when he uh, uh, hung on the cross. I know you wasn't there when they nailed those spikes through his wrist. I know you wasn't there. You wasn't there, but he died. And by faith, you believe that he died for you, that you what? Can be saved from what? Hell. God Almighty don't want nobody to go there. No, he don't. Why he, why, why, why do you think God gave man 6,000 years? They're going give to him, give him another 1,000 years under the uh, theocracy government. Man, God is merciful. He's giving a man a wide opportunity. He don't gave the devil all his ammunition, he done pulled them out, he done pulled them out, but God said, I still love you. I want you to come to me. I want to save you. I want to save you forever. Come to me. 
And the world is saying, I don't want you now. The world is saying, I don't need you now. The world is saying, I got a whole lot of fun to take care of. I've got a whole lot of things to do. I ain't got time for to get on my knees and repent of my sins and accept Jesus Christ because of this here hell that the people say that I'm supposed to be going to. I'll get that later. But let me tell you, don't wait too late. Don't wait too late. There's very few people that died to come back to life that are able to tell what happened. Very few. But remember, if you die and they embalm you and they put you in the grave and they put six-foot grave and put that dirt on top of you and put that tombstone on top of you and put a cross across your your tombstone, remember this. Remember this. Did you accept Christ? Did you repent of your sins? Were you broken down with ungodly sorrows and asked the Lord God Almighty through his son, Jesus Christ, save, save my soul? If you didn't do that, too late to change your mind. You wish you could change your mind. But once you go to hell, and hell is not the lake of fire. Hell is a waiting place for all the wicked until the final resurrection. But there's heat in hell. There's heat there. But the lake of fire don't come till after the judging of the wicked dead at the end of the millennium reign. And then all the wicked dead will be cast into the lake. Just remember, if you don't remember nothing else, the word of God warns you. And Brother Bazaar is warning you from the word of God. Don't go to hell. I can't say that enough. Because let me tell you something, it is something imaginable. You cannot even comprehend. You'll be constantly going out of your mind from the heat and the torment and the gnashing and gashing of teeth and the hollering and the screaming and the yelling. and the, Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Mind-boggling. It's worse than night fright. Right night. It's worse than a nightmare. Jesus Christ loved the world so much, a little tiny world compared to him. Every time somebody dies, God has no pleasure in death because he don't took Everything he had. One son. And that son paid the full price for every sin that man has committed up on the face of the earth. He paid it in full. 
And what he wants you to do, he wants you to turn away from sin and repent of your sins with a godly sorrow. Telling God Almighty, I'm so sorry, Lord God Almighty, the omnipotent one, for sinning against you. Forgive me and come into my life now. Now, not tomorrow, not an hour from now. Now, I need your salvation. But there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby men can be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. No denomination, no voodoo, no hoodoo, no occults can save your soul. Your mama can't do it. Your daddy can't do it. Your pastor can't do it. You got to let Jesus do it because he's the one that died for your sins. Why, we are living absolutely in the last days. I didn't get through what I wanted to get through, but I hope you got something from it. But I'm going to name some things what the devil is, what he is. This is what he is. This is what Satan is. He is the Beelzebub. The prince of demons, Matthew 12, 24. He's, in 2 Corinthians six fifteen. he's called Bela, the vilest, ruthless one. In Matthew 13, 38, he's called the wicked one. Now listen to these names. Listen to these names. 1 Thessalonians 3, 5 says he's a tempter. Revelation 12, 10, he's an accuser of the brethren. In 1 Timothy 4 and 1, he has his doctrines. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7, Revelation 2.24, he has his mysteries. Revelation 2.13, he has his throne. John 4.30, Luke 4.6, he has his kingdom. See, he got everything God. He's a copycat. Revelation 13 and 4, he has his worshipers. His worship, the, the world today is worshiping Satan. 12, 7, he has his angels, fallen ones, nephilims, wicked spirits, demons, satires, all kinds of malignant spirits that's roaming the face of the earth right now, right now. 2 Corinthians 11 and 15, he has his ministry, has his false prophets, false Christ, false, I mean false, just false, false deacon, false imitators. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 9, he has his miracles, so the devil can do miracles. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, he has his sacrifices. He sacrifices babies. He sacrifices people on the altar. He sacrifices anybody. That's his sacrifice. But Jesus sacrificed himself for us that through him we can have eternal life. John eight forty four. Genesis three and four. He's a liar. John eight forty four. A murderer. Matthew 13, 39. He's the enemy. 
First Peter 5 and 8. He's a roaring lion. First John 3 and 1. He's a, he imitates God. He imitates God. Uh-oh, found that in what? Found that in Isaiah 14. He has a false trinity. Revelation 13 and 2, 16 and 13 of Revelation. He has his synagogues. Revelation 2 and 9. Woo, listen to this. He changes from Lucifer to Satan. And from Satan is mentioned in the Bible 52 times. The devil, which means slanderer, is mentioned 35 times. In Ephesians, he's found to be the prince of the power of the air. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, he's a god of his age. He, he rules. He rules in people's lives. He rules in the music world. He rules in the drug world. He rules in the prostitution world. He's a god of this world. Wickedness. And guess what? Hebrews 2 and 14, he's a king of death. Every time somebody dies, death, Satan comes in. And most people that's dying today is dying without Christ. You hear what I said? Most people that's dying today is dying without Christ. There's some people dying with Christ. Some people get saved, and they're dying after they get saved. But the thing is, it's not about them dying. It's about not they, are they saved. People got, got died at the coronavirus, dying in floods, died, you know, unexpectedly death. But one thing about it, make sure you save before you leave this planet. And that's what people are not doing. They're not thinking about that. It's not on their mind. They're not concerned about that. So Satan's what? The king of death. God is not the king of death. God is the king of life. He gives life. The devil takes life. He's the king of death. Wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. John 12, 31, the prince of this world. Ephesians 6 and 2, ruler of darkness. Job 4, 1 and 2, the Leviathan, he's the dragon of the dungeon. What does he do? He hinders the work of God. He resists the prayers of God. He steals the word of God from the human heart. He blinds men of the truth. He accuses Christians before God every day. He lays snares for men. He has his army. So do God has his army. He sows tares among God's wheat. God plants the seed, which is the word of God. He instigates false doctrine, causing it to be misinterpreted. He overstretches one of a doctrine and ignoring the other side. He understands certain doctrines. He afflicts, and he undermines the sanctity of the home. He destroys the marriages. He destroys a home. He destroys little children. He destroys anybody that gets in his way. Why? Because he has no parts of him is holy. He has nothing about him that's holy. He is the most unholy creation that he became. He became so unholy that God do not, 
want him at all, not one bit. And that makes Satan mad because although you are unholy, I've been unholy, God said, I still want you. I still want you. I don't care what you done done. When I died on the cross, I nailed all your sins if you would just come to him. And the world today is saying, you've been talking this for a long time, Brother Bazaar. I've been talking this word of God for almost 58 years I've been preaching this word of God. And now the time is coming when I won't be preaching it too much longer because all the Bible prophecies except the book of Revelation has been fulfilled. And things are being fulfilled now to set the world up for the great event event that's getting ready to happen. The world has been set up now for the rapture to occur. Because before the Antichrist comes, the rapture is going to take place. And then the Antichrist is going to come within two weeks of the rapture. Oh, you sure you crazy. Because when the rapture occurs, it's going to cause disorient. It's going to cause confusion. It's going to take about two weeks for the people to realize that the Antichrist is here. And he says, I'm going to reestablish the world and make it a better place. And they are going to believe. Because a big question is going to be asked about the rapture. Who took them and where did they go? And the world's going to say, and the CIA and the FBI and all these high agencies are going to say, it's because of the UFOs and the flying elements have taken these people away. Thank God we got rid of all these Christians. Thank God. And the world will say, let's roll on. And the Antichrist is going to say, I can bring peace to the whole world. And he's going to have a semi-peace that's only going to last for a short time. A peace treaty is going to be signed by the Antichrist to the Jewish nation. And they, he's going to say, I will give you a seven-year protection plan for seven years. And the Jewish people are going to accept it. The Antichrist is going to give the Jews a right to rebuild the temple, which they are already participating in, to rebuild the temple now. The Antichrist is alive now. His age 55 years old. He's coming from Western Europe. He's coming from the West. Jesus Christ is coming from the East. The East is going to meet the West at the Battle of Armageddon. And the world is going to say that peace will come to the world, but it won't last but a short time. After three and one-half years, after three and one-half years 
of the gospel being preached by the Jewish people. In the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation, you see 144,000 Jews, Jewish men, will be preaching the gospel for three and one half years. And when they hear that gospel preached by the Jewish people, many, 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 many people will receive Christ during the preaching of the gospel of the Jewish nation. And it would be so powerful. It would be universal revival, a universal revival, because John said, after I heard and seen the 144,000 get through preaching, I seen a number that no man can number, and he asked a question to one of the elders and said, where did these come from and who are they? And they said, these are they that came through great trials and tribulation. What are these preachers? These are the tribulation saints that will hear the gospel after the rapture of the church. After the, they can't hear it now. The church is here. And the church is preaching the gospel of grace. The 144,000 will be preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, they'll be preaching that Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennium reign. The center of theocracy government, where Christ will rule and he will reign. Satan is getting ready to do his things. Don't be caught with your soul in jeopardy. And your soul is in jeopardy. If you don't know Jesus Christ right now, your soul is in jeopardy of hell's fire. Anybody that goes to hell, they say, well, why, why, are you go, why are you in hell, man? Man, you know, you, you know why I'm in hell. I'm in hell not, not because I was a sinner. I was in, I'm in hell because I rejected. I denied. I turned my back on the blood of Jesus Christ. I turned my back on Christ. I said I don't want, that's why I'm in hell. And that's why every individual that dies and go to hell, they'll be going there because they rejected Jesus Christ. So I went to church. I paid my tithe. I, I, that ain't got nothing to do with salvation. Salvation has to come first before you can work for God. And then somebody will buy, probably be, ooh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. The ones that die and go to hell or get some lot of people as how can we get out of this? Ain't no getting out. Best time to get out now? Accept Christ. Repent. Repent means to turn from what? Sin. Because God hates sin. He hates it. He hates it so much that he didn't want just to let you live, die, and go to hell. He hated so much that he was willing enough to give up his son and take the penalty of your sins so that you won't have to die and go to hell for your own sins. Now, what can you, what can you match with that? You need to come to him right now. 
As I get ready to close this evening, somebody out there might want to accept Christ, right? You can accept him right now. I ain't waiting for nobody to come and tell you uh, 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 go to church. No, you can accept him right now in your living room, in your car, wherever you are. Jesus loves you. I love you. I tried to explain this year enemy of your soul, which is Satan, is the enemy of your soul. He hates your soul. And when he hates your soul, he will try his best to prevent you from getting your soul saved. He knows that he knows the one that can save your soul. He knows that. He knows it more than you. He knows that Jesus Christ can save your soul. That's why he hates you more if you accept him as Lord and Savior. He loves you more if you come to Christ. And he hates you more if you come to Christ. Now is the time. Jesus Christ loves you. Don't reject him. Turn from your sins. Repent and realize that the wrath of God lies upon your soul if you reject his love and his mercy and his shed blood. Come to Jesus now. Now is the time to accept him. Only thing you got to say is say, Father, I am a sinner. I know I've sinned. I'm sorry that I have sinned against a holy, righteous, loving, merciful, forgiving God that cannot tolerate sin. And you sent your son down here and died for my place. And I believe that you did it. And I want to accept you by faith right now. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. That when I walk away from sin and accept your son, I'll never, I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Elder Bazaar. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next Thursday. I'll be on Sunday at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. I'll be on Saturday with Brother Tim Jackson out of the uh, Buck, Texas. We'll be on, and we're going to go into more about this year, Anointed One, this is cherubim. I do want to give you a scripture that you want to read in that time that you have to read it in the 28th chapter of Ezekiel will tell you how Lucifer or the anointed cherubim looked before he fell and then what he's going to look like after he fell because God is going to burn him up. And I don't mean burn him up out of existence. I mean just burning. I mean, I mean scalding hot liquid fire. We'll cruciate him forever, 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 forever. Don't be with him. Don't be with him. Come back. 
next week, next Thursday, come back on Saturdays and be with me on Sunday at 5 o'clock. I'll be preaching the gospel by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The only thing I want to do is to get you convinced. Get you convinced, truly convinced that Jesus Christ can save your soul. He saved mine. He kept me saved. I'm his forever. I know where I'm going when I die. I'm not afraid to die. Why? Because Christ lives in me eternally. Physical death, I can die physically, but I can't die spiritually because Christ saved my soul. Come to Jesus right now. As I get ready to close, y'all pray for me that I go strong in the Lord and that I come back and we can get more explanation about end time prophecy of the last days. God bless. Go with you.